Hello and welcome to the Geek and Read Podcast. I'm Jeremy Pappas alongside, as always, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. I will give you Mr. Russell Jones. Russell. Will I be wrapped in copper and put on a pedestal? Uh, only if there's time. Do you know the rest of the inscription on the Statue of Liberty? Probably not. I can I, I can rattle it off the top of my head now. I memorized it in the sixth grade. The wretched refuse of your teeming shores and these the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. I say tempest toast. I used to want tempest toast as a young lad. Give me tempest toast. Anyway, what's going on, Russ? You know, that's actually the passages they make you memorize in school. That's one that I would I would recommend memorizing, especially freaking today. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't memorize it because I was forced to memorize it in school. I memorized it because I'm a super huge dork and always have been. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but no, you know, like, they make you memorize right. the preamble, it's, the Constitution, it's the, some of the Gettysburg Address, blah, blah, blah. That That's one that definitely deserves yeah, to be it's up there. Useful. But in the meantime, I've actually been spending a lot of time in the northeast part of the U.S., at least in the secret world I have been. The secret world, uh... Is a fun time, fun time, is it a fun time, funimation, fun, funcom, funcom, I knew it was a fun something, uh, MMORPG. it is, it, it is fun times, there MMORPG. are animations, dragons, <laughs> yeah, this is the, every, every myth and conspiracy theory is true, in right, yeah, a couple of years, uh, back, they started talking about this, it got me pretty interested in it, uh, you've been playing a little bit, and I've, I've actually heard, I will say cautiously, I've heard more about, this game than I have probably any other MMO after release, with the exception probably of um, Star Wars: Old Republic. And I, I mean, wow, but wow doesn't really count. Um, yeah. It's it's I've been really impressed by how well it's it's kind of been running. Well, <laughs> say well. Part of it is that you know this this was this is by Funcom, who also did Age of Conan. And who did, I think, Anarchy Online. Age of Conan, of course, uh, notorious for uh, being able to control breast jiggle physics. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I remember that. Long yeah. time ago. Made by a Norwegian group. But yeah, they uh, Funcom has actually spent 10 years mm -hmm. doing research for this game. Um, the, it, like I said, it's it's every conspiracy theory and myth is true. Um it's called the secret world because everything has kind of been happening, you know, behind the scenes up until now. But as the game kicks off, things are changing. Stuff is going nuts. You know, there there's zombie hordes rising in uh, New England. There's a reign of fire in uh, Egypt. You know, there's stuff happening all over. And you and your faction are trying to figure out what's going on. And more importantly, how you can gain control of the situation right. and use it to your advantage. How you can capitalize on what's going on geopolitically. Exactly. And if anything, this, those three factions and their, um, their desires in, and their motivations in this are, are interesting because you don't have supposedly, you know, the quote unquote good or the quote unquote bad. Nobody is an altruist in this. Right. The, the Templars, you you might think, oh, they're you know they're Templar. No, no, no. <laughs> they're they're bullies. They are seen as big, swaggering bullies. You know, they I've always said that the best evil characters are lawful good characters. They make oh, yeah. the best. They really make the best evil. I mean, it's it's funny how the not to get into D and D, but it's funny how the alignment system 
kind of is a circle in that, you know, lawful evil or chaotic evil and lawful good kind of connect at some point where you get so fanatic that while you're still doing what you think is right, you've crossed into chaotic evil. Oh, yeah. Like you're playing as a Templar and, and you get into the beginning, you know, portion of the game and you get to London where the Templar uh you know, main building is, and you go into the training room with the Illuminati or the dragon, you have targeting dummies or holograms or what have you. But in the Templar building, you have demons that are chained to crucifixes. And you're told, meh, they don't feel pain like we do. Just go ahead, fill them full of holes. (laughs) And that's how they get it done. Right. The Illuminati, Illuminati are all about getting power the dragon are all about chaos, and they read. You know, you you begin as a dragon, sitting in a hotel room or a hotel lobby, talking to this former professor about chaos theory and how he says, you know, the butterfly effect, where you flap your wings. Well, they are they believe that there is no actual chaotic system; that there are actual you know things that could be found in you know order in all the chaos. Mm-hmm. So they have been for years throwing butterflies out into the world and watching what happens when they flap their wings to the point now where they can predict causality to a certain extent. And you, you're a butterfly. And they read chaotic events like weather patterns, almost like forecasts. So they throw you into the mix to gather data. And that's the reason why they send you out in the world and do things. It's kind of, it's kind of an interesting, you know, motivation, but the, you know, the Templar, they're all about gaining power. The, or the Illuminati are all about gaining power. The Templar are all about, you know, maintaining their position. Right, order and whatnot. Right. Huh, well, it's been doing really well. I'm interested to see what happens when it goes, because it's still in beta, right? No, it, it launched. It oh, launched, did it? Oh. It launched this week. I'm actually playing, uh, I have a review code that I'm playing for video game writers, so I'm playing for free at the moment. I got it for free so that I could try it out and see how it goes. Okay. And it's been... I have been enjoying it primarily because the subject matter is so well done. I mean, uh, Kingsmouth is where you start off with, and it's a mix of Kingsport and Innsmouth, which are both from, I think, H.P. Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. And it is absolutely every New England horror whatever that you've ever thought of all thrown into one crazy place. I mean, there's stuff from Stephen King, there's stuff from Lovecraft, it's all over the place, and it's awesome. Interesting. One aspect of the game that I think is unique about it, I mean, they'll throw things around like, oh, we have no level system, we have you know this or that. One aspect that I think is really cool is because it ties into so many myths and urban legends and conspiracy theories and things that, that exist in the world, in our world, that they have a subset of missions that are all investigation missions. And you're either doing actual in-game research, you know, looking for environmental clues or context clues that are pretty well hidden, or you're actually doing research using an in-game browser. You hit B and it pops up a browser just – and you can Google, and you can go find either a thread on the forums that they tell you exactly what you have to do to go through the game, or you go to Wikipedia. You go to news sites, and you search these things, and you find, you know – historical events and dates and times and places and people and you use that to solve almost like an alternate reality game or or an augmented reality game Uh you use those to solve these investigation missions in game 
and they're they're pretty hairy. I mean, the early missions starting off, it takes you a while to get through them. And it's it's different than you know your your combat or your fetch missions or any of that. It uses you know there's an actual solid amount of brain power that's required to do this. And yeah, you could go look it up on on a thread and be you know a loser if you right. wanted to. Right. Or I mean, here's here's an example. Ben Kuchera over at uh, Penny Arcade uh, Report was talking about this, and he ran into an early game mission where you are required to punch in a code for a hidden camera. And the code is whatever the whatever the, the first hymnal or the first hymn that they were going to sing at church that week because it was, you know, it, it's near church. They're monitoring this Illuminati kind of leaning pastor. Well, you go talk to the pastor. Where's the zombie apocalypse on? He's not he's not talking about what's going on in church. Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking around. You're examining things. And, and Ben Kuchera for like hours did not figure out where the hell, what the hell he was supposed to do or where he could find it. Where if you'd actually gone to church, you would know that they put a board with little numbers on it at the very front of the church. Right. And it has the numbers of, you know, page number in the book or wherever that's going to happen. Right. And sure enough, you walk in and look at the church. I remember seeing them and I didn't think about it until like half an hour after I started this mission. I'm like, oh, wait. That's what those numbers are because you walk in and there's just three sets of numbers on both of the columns mm-hmm. in the front and you're like, what the hell is that for? And that's what it was for. Yep. You punch in the very first hymnal number and there you go. Hmm. So it's it's got it's got some good stuff going for it. Extremely solid story, very good voice acting. You know, that kind of content is really interesting and compelling to me. I'm almost tempted to sub up and keep playing just for the story. But at the same time, I'm still feeling a little post-MMO, and it is, you know, combat-wise, there's still some elements going on, like, you know, it's movement-oriented as opposed to standing and casting like WoW is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be tempted to play this a little bit longer. Hmm. There are a lot of people who complain about the fact that it uh, requires a, submi- a subscription fee and has a cash shop to buy like small boosts and cosmetic items. But Meh. it's, it's well done enough that I think it's worth. The yeah. It, uh, that's not something that would bother me. I've heard nothing but good things. So uh, it seems, it seems like it'd be really interesting. Yeah. It, it does kind of, of, it has a share of bugs is the problem. It's got some bugs, but that's the, every game has bugs. You can't yeah. complain about something that every game has. Uh, it does remind me a little bit. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember a whole lot about it. But years and years ago, they uh, a website popped up for an augmented reality game where you would get calls in the middle of the night and oh, it was like a conspiracy hacker game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it made the news a couple of times because people would get kind of freaked out about it and. And it, it sort of reminds me of that, which I was always – because you could do it – I remember you could play it two different ways. You could play it with uh, – whenever you would get the calls or you'd get the emails or, or whatever you would get, there would be a disclaimer at the beginning of it telling you exactly what it was. Or you could play it without the disclaimer, <laughs> <laughs> which I always kind of wanted to do, but I think yeah. I was a little bit too young um, at the point to really get into something like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, sounds interesting. Secret World um, might have to give it a might have to give it a look over. Uh, anyway, that's not really what we want to talk about. This podcast can be a little bit short. We have some uh, activities this weekend. Again, it's getting these uh, 
these summertime activities that are that are kind of taking all of our time. But you know, shorter podcast isn't necessarily a, a bad podcast. But we are going to stay on uh, MMOs, kind of. Um, I I kind of hazard to call Diablo three an MMO, even though it is, but it's not. Um, Russ, you're going to have to kind of give this a little bit of a startup. You're gonna have to explain right. this a little bit briefly. Uh, it's but it's it's interesting. I think it's it's something that we can definitely. I, I think it's something that definitely requires a little bit of thought. Right. So with Diablo three, um, there's several new things that you know have been added, such as the auction house and you know the sheer amount of connectivity that you have with multiplayer. But the central gameplay is still the same. Go to dungeons, kill bosses, you know, click on things to get loot, which lets you click on bigger things and get bigger loot. That has always been the core of Diablo. You get to level 60 in the game. The main, you know, the thing that Blizzard had designed the game for was that you would get to level 60. You would gain stacks of, I want to say something like Ariat and Valor. I haven't gotten there yet still. The game's been out for how long? But you build up these stacks of Ariat and Valor that's supposed to give you better chances of finding better loot. Then once you get to the max amount of stacks, you go kill an elite or a boss, and that cleans your stacks out and gives you better loot or lots of loot. And that's kind of how they want the, wanted the game to go. And they figured players would go in, they'd clear out maps until they get their stacks, then they would go kill an elite, or they'd go kill a boss, and they would farm and get bigger and bigger and bigger items right. and do the things you know they do. I mean, that sustained Diablo 2 for like 12 years. Well, I would argue against that, but... Or what the definition of sustained is. But this week, Bashiok uh, commented on a forum thread saying, we recognize that the item hunt is just not enough for a long-term sustainable endgame. There are still tons of people playing every day and week and playing a lot, but eventually they're going to run out of stuff to do if they haven't already. And that's kind of an odd thing for someone as big as Blizzard to just come out and say, especially since we're still relatively, you know, Diablo 3 is still a relatively young game. It hasn't been out even long enough for them to patch PvP into the game yet. Right. So for them to come out and say, we realize that just the item hunt is not enough for a sustainable endgame long term. I, I, I am, I agree with that. Because eventually you're going to run out of bigger stuff to click. That's just gonna, that's gonna happen. But for them to say it this early and not really have a good answer for, well, this is how we plan to solve it, that's a little worrisome. Because here's the rest of his statement. Uh, honestly, Diablo 3 is not World of Warcraft. We aren't gonna be able to pump out tons of new systems and content every couple of months. There needs to be something else that keeps people engaged, and we know that it's not there right now. Uh, he promised that upcoming patches would do a lot to give people things to do, but that other possible features, such as progression systems, are still a ways out. Hindsight is 2020, I suppose, but we believed pre-release the item hunt would be far more sustainable and would work to be a proper endgame for quite a while. That didn't turn out to be true, and we recognize that. Mm -hmm. So it's not only that you know we recognize the item hunt is not a sustainable endgame, it's that it may have to do for quite a while because they're working on content, but he's saying we can't just pump out stuff quickly. 
you know, to the extent that World of Warcraft does. And World but of then Warcraft then doesn't even stuff. But then he turns around and basically says we're going to try and do it anyway. Yeah, I mean he says we're still going to try to give people stuff to do. Like I said, they haven't put PvP in the game yet. And PvP was something that a decent amount of players were clamoring for. So that's one prong of the game that they haven't even done yet. You also still have the auction house with the real money auction house that has been active in the North, North American region for quite a bit now. Right. And you could argue that the same way that there are people who play the auction house in WoW, there are people who may farm and play the auction house, especially the real money that's, side. That's niche gaming. I mean, you exactly. could, that you is. could niche, I mean, you could play a game, you could play whatever niche game you want to within the game that you want to. I mean, it, that's that's the definition of what niche gaming is. Yeah, people. Here are the own. two options that you have to really consider when you're talking about Blizzard and this whole situation. This is really the only reason I wanted to talk about this whole thing. Blizzard is either a completely full of shit, or b they've lost their way. Here's my evidence. I've given you. I've given you my hypothesis. Here's my evidence. Evidence that Blizzard is completely full of shit. They're using this to drum up interest in whatever their next thing is going to be be it pvp or a patch or whatever people will say oh well they've admitted that they and i knew you read to me an article a little bit earlier and i knew what the very first line of that article was going to be the very first line of that article of course was the first step to uh fixing your problem is no is recognizing that you have a problem i knew that was going to happen i knew that was going to be the lead line of the article Blizzard knew that was going to be the lead line of the article. Blizzard is looking at their game and going, people are not as insanely crazy about this game. I mean, it had a really strong launch. Blizzard is, people are not as insanely pumped about this game as they were to begin with. So in the same way that they kind of spin things, because Blizzard spins things very well. They try to anyway. Mm-hmm. I think this is a setup for whatever the next thing they're going to do to Diablo 3 is to kind of pump more people into the game. Now, there's that possibility. I, th- I think that's true. Now, my second hypothesis was Blizzard has lost its way. I've said this before on this podcast, and I'll say it again. Once you start, once you, when you make something and you put it out there and people enjoy it, when you start letting them change it, you're you're done. You have to stick with what you're doing. Now, the issue is they put out Diablo 3 and they pitched it like World of Warcraft. They pitched it like Diablo-flavored World of Warcraft. They did. Mm-hmm. That's the way they pitched it. They're talking mm-hmm. about endgame. They're talking about yada, yada, yada. Talking about all of that. That is that is traditional MMO fare. That's not what Diablo is. That's not what this game is. The, you said that Diablo 2 was the item hunt. That was the game. That's not the game. Diablo 2 is a multiple character game. It's about developing multiple characters. How many characters have you had in Diablo 2 that you took to a pretty decent extent? Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Because it's always different. You always have to itemize them differently. They do different things. There's, I mean, you've had more Diablo two characters than you have WoW characters by what ten times, twenty times? I wouldn't say it's that high, but it's I, know, I maybe I twice, at least twice, as much. at least twice as much. But you, but you've played them for quite a while. I mean, you go, I'm gonna play a barbarian. I'm gonna play a sorceress. I'm gonna play whatever. That's how Diablo two worked. That's how Diablo three is supposed to work. 
you don't talk about end game because there is no end game with Diablo. There's not. The game ends. It doesn't continue. The game ends. There's an mm-hmm. end of the game. Just like Diablo 2. You beat you, you beat Diablo, then you get the expansion to Diablo 2, and you beat Mephisto? Was it Mephisto or Bale? Uh, Bale. Or, yeah, you beat Bale. Yeah. Game over. You start over from the beginning, things are more difficult. It's a different it's a different, you know, setting. Right. There is an end to the game. Yeah. Why are we talking about end game? There's an end to the goddamn game. <laughs> There's yeah. not an end to WoW. That's why you can talk about the end game. The end game is a thing. When you, the end game means when you get to as high as you can get, there is a period of stasis where you can't get no higher. Mm-hmm. You're where you are. That is the end game. There's no end game with Di- with Diablo 3. The game continues. The game ends. You are done with the game. <laughs> I mean, it's over. There's no game left to play. You can start over from the beginning, but you're just going to continue on. There's no end game. And then once you get to the end of the game on the highest level, game over. Hey, Mario, your princess is in this castle. Congratulations. Finally. There's no end game to this game. That's the problem that that it's either a massive publicity grab on Blizzard's part of them saying we have to keep people playing Diablo 3 and they're trying to do this, oh, well, we'll come up with more things for you to do. When in all reality, you know what they should be telling all the people that are bitching about the game? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Don't tell them anything. Go, oh, we've got some new stuff uh, coming down the pike. Uh, have you played, if somebody asks you, well, I'm bored. Have you played every character? Well, no. Have you gotten all the way to the very, 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 very end of the game? Well, no. Then shut the fuck up. Play the (laughs) game. Play the goddamn game. Your opinions do not matter. If you don't want to play the game, don't play the game. But stop coddling these fucking people. That actually is an accusation that quite a few people made about Blizzard, that they've been coddling or at least... Well, I don't know. If I've been, is the I've best been word saying for this it. for years. I've been saying this since post Ulduar in Wrath of the Lich King. Mm-hmm. They're coddling people. They're desperately. This is where Blizzard is failing. Blizzard has stopped making games for people to enjoy, which thus gives them money, and has taken the game equation out. And all they want is for you to give them money. Now, I understand that's the backbone of the economy, and that's what a business does, but there should be a lot more to it than that. You should, if say I want to build boats. I'm a boat builder. I can build a hundred boats and not give a fuck about any of them, only to give, only for you to give me the money for the boat. You get a boat, but it's, it's a boat. But if I love building boats and I spend the time to build my boat and my boat is awesome, you're going to enjoy that boat more and you're going to give me more money for it because of the time I spent doing it. Blizzard has ceased giving a fuck about creating good games. Blizzard only wants to create games that you will then give them money for and then desperately trying to band-aid those games so that money train keeps flowing. Newsflash, Blizzard. Create a good game and let the people that are going to enjoy it enjoy it. And then they will give you their money. Otherwise, you have to, at some point in time, the ends have to meet. 
and they're not they're not ever going to meet for Blizzard because they will take a game and they'll create it and it'll be great and as soon as enough people start bitching about it they're going to change it and they're going to change it some more and they're going to change it again it's the same thing that happened with WoW look at Vanilla WoW it was people loved that it. it was difficult and it was this and it was that and they have continually rolled it down the hill to where they're losing I mean they're losing players I know more people that have quit playing WoW than currently play WoW and I realize the plural of anecdote is not data, but I say that because, you know, maybe if they would have let WoW go off into the sunset when it had run its course and created something new, maybe then they would have continued on, you know. I, I really feel that Blizzard has ceased making good games and is only concerned about making is only concerned about making a game that will make money, no matter what. Some people could actually argue that 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 uh, that's Activision's uh, influence, which I mean they bought they bought Blizzard out, and if you want to look for a, an interesting parallel, look at Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro. Mm -hmm. um, those escapist articles a while back painted a very clear picture of what the situation that Hasbro was facing around the time you know Fourth Edition was going on. It was you know you are not a million dollar plus company. Mm -hmm. And we're only hanging on to million dollar plus companies. The rest of them, they get, you know, axed up. So you've got to make more money. Right. And they did. They may have sacrificed, you know, quite a few players on the altar of survivability. But they did. So now they're facing the ramifications of that, that choice. Now look at Blizzard. Let's say you're right. And they are chiefly concerned with making a product that will make oodles and oodles of money and will appease the you know Activision overlords I don't necessarily believe that that is the case over at Blizzard but it does make a compelling argument for why we're kind of seeing what we're seeing you know Diablo 3 came out with no PvP it came out with the auction house not ready to go the real money auction right. house which is definitely gonna I would argue the auction house is gonna wind up making Blizzard a bit more money than people expected even Blizzard of course once it, it gets going the problem is, it's not going. And now you've got them saying, well, we just don't think that it's a sustainable endgame and we're working on it. I think that's a pretty ballsy thing to flat out go and say this early in the game. See, Especially if you don't have a solid, you know, we understand that this is not a sustainable endgame. So, here's PvP. Here is, we plan on pushing out a new boss every month and that boss is going to have ultra wild, crazy, wacky newness on it. Here's this, you know, this is this is the kind of stuff that we're working on. They don't have that. So just saying this on a forum thread is, I don't know. I mean, for a while you had people who complained Blizzard needs to open up more. Blizzard needs to be more communicative about what the designers are doing and seeing instead of just letting the, the trolls and the flamers and the fanboys completely run, run the show and pollute the message. So whether or not Blizzard is, you know, in this case trying to at least keep the message what they want, which is, yes, there is a problem. We see there is a problem. We are working on it. However, keep in mind, we don't have the same resources, i.e. people and whatnot, that, say, World of Warcraft does right now. Which World of Warcraft doesn't even have that same amount of people on it because everyone's working on Titan. Nah. So I, I just think it was odd for them to come out and say this without having at least one solid thing that they could point to and say, See, hey, guess what? This is coming out. Like I said, I think that supports my theory that they're saying this 
entirely to set up whatever the next thing is that they're going to come out with in hopes that it will bring players back that they that they out? feel that they've lost well they're going to come out i mean they're working we already know the things that they're working on pvp auction house for everybody all of all of those things but the, the next question... when they when they come out with something and i'm sure when they come out with pvp they'll package it with some new uh, pve content and they'll come up with a nice little they'll put a nice little bow on it and people will get pumped about it, and you'll have, and it'll work for some people. They'll come in and say, "Oh yeah, hey, awesome." Uh, but the majority of people, it's not going to work for. I, again, I really feel like the reason it's not going to work for them is because Blizzard has ceased making fun games, and is focused far more on. And you know, you have you bring up a good point. There is a good possibility that it has something to do with the fact that they're owned by Activision and they have people on top of them now saying do this do this do this do this you have to make these you have to do this that's just the way you know corporations work i mean i deal with it in my job having you know working for a corporation that's just the way corporations work they are not run by people who care about they aren't run by people who care about the product they're run by people who care about making money. It all boils down to a business guy. And a business guy is not a creative guy. He's not a producer. He's not a maker. He is a guy that makes money. That's all he cares about. If, As far as he's concerned, it could be video games. It could be oil wells. It could be uh, litter boxes. <laughs> It could be, it could be anything. As my cat goes screaming by in the background. It could be, it could literally be anything. And that's the issue. They're going to push and push and push and push people who think they know how to make money. And the problem is when it comes to creative like this, those sort of people don't really know how to make money. They don't know how to make real money. They know how to make sustainable money. They know how to make a, a, a normalized balance sheet they know how to make a you know a number come up on a balance sheet pretty regularly which people appreciate but all things considered it's not going to be the same which is why you know look at indie games and look at indie game companies but as hipster as it makes me sound like the fourth time i've referenced hipster uh hipsters today um (laughs) as hipster as it makes me sound once they sell out to the man it's only a matter of time until this kind of thing happens when a guy who's concerned primarily about the money tries to do whatever he can do to make as much money as possible. Let me add this, though, because this, as we were talking about this, I kind of thought of a different um, element to this. Why does Blizzard need a hell of a lot of people playing Diablo 3? What do they gain out of it the way that they, you know, they don't gain the same thing from it that they gain from people playing uh, World of Warcraft because World of Warcraft, you pay to play. Here, mm-hmm. you don't. I mean, you may pay small bits and pieces here and there if you use the real money auction house, but that's a, that's a fraction of, of people who could, be, who could be playing the game at this point, much less who are. So why do they really need to go out and say... We, we understand it's not sustainable endgame. You know, why is that such a priority if all they care about is really making money? Because the game's still new. Um, they they haven't sold the, the amount of units they, they absolutely want to sell. 
because they're because the blizzard name means something and even a and even somebody that's obsessed with money understands that you put blizzard on something and there's going to be a core group of people who are going to go after it because of successes they've had in the past because of starcraft War, world of warcraft and diablo I mean, that name still means something, and they can't have a massive flop on their record because Blizzard's never had a massive flop. I mean, let's be let's be pretty clear here. Blizzard has never had a massive flop. They just haven't. I mean, no. Can you name not, one? Not to the extent of a massive flop that you know certain other games. Yeah, have been. I mean, yeah. other companies have had huge flops. Blizzard never. And. If they consider if, if people start saying, Man, I really think Diablo three is a flop especially with the run up they did to it, especially the fact that Diablo two has sustained itself like a perpetual motion machine for twelve years, people still play Diablo two. You know, we know we get on occasionally and play Diablo two, and there are people who still play a game that's twelve years old. And they genuinely are still playing it for fun. It's a great game. It is a great game. There mm. are there are no pro- there are very few problems with Diablo two. I mean, it is a once in a lifetime sort of game, and to take that intellectual property and completely fuck it up like this, if that's indeed what you know people would start to say, and I have a feeling that if you create Diablo two and it comes out and within what four months people are already bored of it people start talking duke nukem forever so let's say next week just just to put on the you know prognostication caps mm. next week blizzard comes out and says here are things bam 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 bullet points one two and three that we are doing you know over the next few months to start dealing with the end game issue in diablo 3 would that then be, you know, would this seem like, oh, they're just setting this up. It's a marketing thing. And if that is the case, would it have failed in, in trying to do what it was attempting to do or would it have succeeded? I would say that, yeah, it's going to continue to be a marketing thing because they released the game before it was done. That's your major problem. Blizzard released the game before it was done. It, that's, I mean, that's the bottom line. Clearly, they released the game before it was done. And taking a week to think about it, <laughs> you know, is not going to is not going to help things. Well, I mean, not like taking a week to think about it. What if they've already got the plan in place? What if they already know what they're going to do and what they're going to what they're going to you know how long it's going to take them to do it? And Bashiok's just here, kind of sowing the seeds and and starting to plow the road. And then next week, you know, after everyone's kind of worked themselves up in a tizzy about it, sites like Massively and WoW Insider have written mm-hmm. about it, then all of a sudden, boom, here's the plan. Uh, that depends entirely on what the plan is. I agree. I mean, I I tend to doubt it because, you know, releasing this early cannot have been a part of the plan. Having these problems could not have been a part of the plan. And games require a lot of planning. Name one game that started off shitty and got great because somebody fixed it. I probably could. I just don't, I just can't. I, I an online game like this, I can't really think of. It. I I cannot come up with one that started off 
and it did not have a whole lot of redeeming qualities. D&D Online. D&D Online, when it switched to the hybrid model, when they really started getting some of their shit down for that, it became a lot more playable than it was at the very beginning. The very beginning, I just was, was unplayable. It was partly unplayable for me because I was really biased against it for being an Eberron game and not actually taking place in what I considered real Eberron. Yeah. But I think Diablo 3, you know, had some significant changes through its life cycle and experienced a renaissance. Um, but I think that that's... D&D, oh, you mean? What did I say? Diablo 3. Ah, D&D. D&D Online. I think that, you know, experienced a renaissance. And that's rare. That's exceedingly rare. That's one example of when it happened. But that took the game, you know, going free to play and adding in right. a whole lot of other Making massive changes. changes. And and the issue wasn't that I, I think they started off knowing what they were going to do with D&D Online and doing it and having it not work and having to come around and rework it. And they benefited based on the free to play uh, model with Diablo 3, they're not ever going to say that. You know, they've already said, we thought that this was going to be much more sustainable than it is, but we've got all these great plans. You know, I, I really see that as a marketing ploy, as a mm-hmm. way to, as a run-up to whatever they're going to come out with in the next month or so that is a Band-Aid on Diablo 3. If if only to save face for uh, Blizzard themselves. So, we'll see. It's, uh, it's it's really an interesting thing going on with Blizzard. It's my opinion that um, I, I really think that things like this and the fact that they haven't had a massive hit in a little while now signifies that, you know, they've always, especially with WoW, because when you talk about Blizzard, you kind of have to talk about WoW no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. People have said that, you know, nothing's going to beat WoW. WoW is the the end-all, the, the WoW is the MMO. It is the MMO of record, and it will go down as the greatest MMO in history. I think this signifies the possibility that the sun could set on, on, on a, a game like WoW. The same way, you know, people thought that MySpace was going to be around forever. And now Facebook, and people now are saying Facebook's going to be around forever. Now, the only constant is change. Right. So, I mean, we're starting to see... Now, WoW has had a really good, really, really, really good run. Blizzard yes. in general and WoW specifically. But, I, you know, I, I tend to think that... I, I've kind of been you know forecasting this for a little while now. But I tend to think that the, the sun is kind of setting. And, I mean, WoW, I'll be honest, 15 years from now, WoW will still be around. It will be. Because yeah. people will still pay for it. Just the nature of human beings. And to a point that may not necessarily be a bad thing, a leaner WoW, a, you know, let's say, eh. let, uh, hear me out. let's say <laughs> WoW's pop- population gets cut in half. Mm. I mean, that's drastic. And then the team gets cut down because, you know, that's just what you do. There's a lot less money coming in. You have less people you can, you know, put on it. If it gets a bit leaner, if it gets fewer people playing it, 5 million is still a healthy healthy amount of people playing wow mm-hmm. that's five times the amount of people who are playing the old republic right now mm-hmm. so you get to that point maybe you're able to do things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do with you know mm-hmm. 10 million 11 million because you're so worried about that million or two for your next conference call 
maybe once it has sunset a little bit and kind of gone into the golden years and that it, you think it could become something different and better not well different yes better uh, depends different and continuing to be good is there gonna be i mean it, it's not gonna be the best and the brightest it's not gonna be the talented the people innovative, who really care about it innovative probably not but the people who would be around at that point would be the people who say you know this is what i want to play these are the people i want to play with consistently and as long as you're churning that content out even if it is sameish they're still going to play it because they are the people who said we want to pay for this. Everyone else who's like, oh, this sucks, oh, blah, 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 they'll have moved on. And the game will have adjusted accordingly. That is how I see WoW in its retirement. If we're moving you know, into the sunset, that's how I would see the sunset happening. The game drops by a significant portion of people, but it is still an exceedingly large number of people. And that exceedingly large number of people continues to play the game for a very long time. Look at EverQuest. I mean, EverQuest, I haven't paid as much attention to it at all because I never played it. But people kept playing that game for a very long time, and they kept putting out content for it. When, when that happens with WoW, I think it's going to be the same thing. You'll have a core group of people who will stick around because they say, we've paid to play with this universe we want to keep playing it, and we want to keep playing this style. We want you to give us three raid tiers with bosses at the end of them. We want to get, you know, daily quests. We want to get all this stuff, you know, that's mm. part of it. And they just continually, they continually move the goalposts. They continue the treadmill on because, you know what? Some people like to buy treadmills. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's, that's possible. I mean, people still play EverQuest. Exactly. So it's a it'd be a significant, yeah. significantly less. WoW but, will become the Netscape navigator of MMORPGs. Essentially, I think that's what'll happen. Yeah. I mean, it'll it will still be a huge number as compared to any other game that's out there that has experienced the same thing. But at that point, you know, who knows? The next big thing might be tight. Next big thing might be something entirely different that we haven't even begun to suspect. Yeah, I think the next big thing probably will not be an MMO, but that's just me. I guess we'll see. Anyway, uh, I think we're just about out of time. Uh, as always, our music is Opprop featuring Essit. Check them out on uhort.no. If you'd like to join in the conversation, just send us a message on Twitter or at us. That's at G-I-R podcast. You can also shoot us an email. That's G-I-R podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I got nothing.